1: Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Sports Central here on SEN 1170. Also going to uh, the Goldie on SEN 1620. And uh, you may well be tuning in via the SEN app wherever you might be. Welcome to the show. Chris Warren with you uh, for the next couple of hours. And then I will hand over to the boys uh, calling the cricket down there heading into day four uh, at Adelaide. But uh, boy, we're in for a big day down there. Weather in Adelaide, by the way. Um, gee, it's a big drop from yesterday too. Top of around 21 and partly cloudy. Uh, you just wonder if that might do a bit with the ball, uh, probably more swing friendly conditions there. Here in Sydney, really sticky out there, isn't it? Um, quite warm, 31 the top in Sydney and 33 they say out west. Chance of a possible storm later on this afternoon. Well, that's Sydney in a in a in a nutshell, isn't it? And on the Gold Coast uh, talking uh, of the Goldie up there, cloudy, partly cloudy in the top of around uh, 29, wherever you might be tuning in. Um, welcome to the show. Always an open invitation to, uh, for you to have your say, by the way, as well, on anything we might be talking about or I might be talking about or something you might want to get off your chest. Um, I can fulfil that role here as a bit of a, a, a counsellor for you. one one 1170 is the open line number and the text line 457 736 736. Plenty of sport about obviously. Uh, we'll be focusing mostly probably on cricket, but uh, fair bit of rugby league news about as well. Um, and some A league and some boxing and, and a whole lot of stuff as well. If we recap, uh, though, the day, uh, day three at Adelaide Oval, uh, England, uh, they resumed at two for 17, still trailing the Aussies' first innings by a whopping 456 runs. And there were some really encouraging signs, weren't there? Uh, The Poms winning the first session of day three. Joe Root and Dawood Milan batting uh, through the entire first session and combining in a partnership um, worth 138 runs. And we said yesterday, didn't we? Uh, There's no reason why Root and Milan can't put some runs on the board. And they did. And they did. Uh, They took England's total to two for 150 in reply to uh, our declared first innings of nine for 473. And things were looking good. But then, sadly, for the uh, the third consecutive innings this Ashes series, well, England, they suffered a shocking collapse. Australia thoroughly dominating the, uh, the second session uh, to regain complete control of the second test. England eventually dismissed for 236 after they lost, I think it was eight for about 86 runs. Or well, thereabouts. Cameron Green... Uh, he made the breakthrough, dismissing Joe Root for 62, uh, caught second slip by Steve Smith, and shortly after, Mitchell Stark dismissed Darwood Malam, uh, also caught in the slips by Smith for 80 runs. Nathan Lyon then took care of Ollie Pope, who uh, danced down the wicket a bit and popped up a catch for Marnus Labuschagne at short leg, and then England lost a fourth wicket in quick succession when Josh Butler made a 15-ball duck, uh, dismissed by Mitchell Stark, Again, in the slips. Stark taking four for 37, by the way. uh, And that takes his all-time day-night test tally to 50. Not bad, huh? At an average of 18.1. Nathan Lyon, as well, continuing his love affair with Adelaide Oval. Three for 58 off a whopping 28 overs. And there's the difference, isn't it? England not with a recognised spinner. And our specialist spinner, um, the GOAT, Uh, Nathan Lyon pitching in with 28 overs. And Cam Green, he finished with figures of two for 24, uh, but he did take the two big scalps, didn't he? Uh, The prized wickets of uh, both Joe Root and Ben Stokes. So England all out, as I say, for 236. uh, Still 237 runs adrift of Australia's first innings total. Uh, The Aussies, however, they chose not to enforce the follow-on, despite the the prospect of, uh, I guess, attacking the English top order under lights. But... We chose not to do that. And so all eyes were on Marcus Harris. Uh, he who desperately needs some runs that uh, you might assume to keep his place in the team. After scores of, uh, what did he get in Brisbane? Three uh, and then nine unbeaten at the Gabba. And then out for th- three runs off 28 balls in the first innings at, uh, at Adelaide. Harris and Warner were hoping to uh, see out the night session before Confusion uh, running for a quick single um saw Warner out for just 13 and tell me who was at fault there uh, I think Davy. I think Davy is at fault but I wonder what the conversation was like between Marcus and and the bull um look that happens doesn't it it's happened to all of us I'm sure at at some level or some form of cricket over the years um I thought Davy called the run and Marcus took off and then Davy decided against it um Anyway, Warner went uh, out for just 13. A real shame. It's got to be the worst way of getting out, hasn't it? Uh, Michael Nyssa, the Aussie Test debutant, uh, he came in as night watchman um, with a handful of overs remaining till Stumps, and they survived. So, at Stumps on day three, uh, the Aussies are one for 45, leading England by 282 runs. So, Marcus Harris will head to the crease on day four on 21 unbeaten, and Michael Nyssa, uh, he goes back out there on an unbeaten two. I'm looking forward to seeing Nisa bat, actually. We saw what he did in the first innings. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you. Um, I don't know if he's going to plan on staying out there too long or he might just want to nudge the run rate along. Interesting to see. I'm going to be talking to Lockie McCurdy very shortly, actually, uh, crossing over to uh, to Adelaide Oval. He's uh, he's there uh, for the second test. He joined us yesterday, good fellow from Code Sports, and he said, no dramas, Chris. I'll jump on the line again and uh, talk through the events of yesterday and what we might expect to see uh, today. You know, the the numbers are what will we declare at um, and how long do we need? How long do we need to get these uh, get another 10 wickets for the POM? So I reckon we'll need all of uh, the full session tonight and then tomorrow's three sessions that we might even leave ourselves a bit longer than that. I'll ask Lockie about that too. Uh, Plenty happening in the world of boxing uh, right now, and I'm going to get a comprehensive wrap of all that's going on uh, when we talk a bit later on to JJ Rocker. And not just boxing, by the way, a bit of UFC as well, if you're into your uh, your combat sports. Uh, He's one half of the Rocked podcast. I was going to chat to him yesterday. Things didn't quite work out for us that way. Um, But if there's anything to know about boxing or UFC that he doesn't know, well, quite simply, it's not worth uh, not worth knowing. Sydney Kings have bounced back from a record loss on Thursday to inflict an 84-73 win over Southeast Melbourne. Isn't that a turnaround in fortunes? Inflicting that's the first loss of the season, I think, for the Phoenix. We'll chat a bit later on uh, to Kings forward Tom Vodanovic. Uh, also, a stack of NBA games on this morning, and I think a few underway. Yeah, I'm right. A few under the way underway as we're speaking. So uh, we might try and uh, dial up uh, Brooksy, No, looksy brooksy Um, he's probably out and about dining, whining. Um, But, you know, he'll spend a bit of time for us, I'm sure. We'll talk a bit of NFL as well. Uh, The quarterback, he's out and about with his kids. BMX riding, I think, but he's going to drop in uh, in the back end of the show, about quarter to two. Uh, So we're only here for two hours. It's going to be go, go, go. Adam Kwasnick, former Mariners uh, player, he's going to jump on the line and talk a bit of A-League as well. Um, Problems continuing for Western Sydney Wanderers after that... um, that loss to the Mariners uh, last night. And uh, for the Mariners, um, Oliver Buzanik, Um he was playing his 100th game for, for the club. And uh, he, deep in injury time, he slotted a really, really nice free kick. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, we're talking about Adam Koznick a bit later on as well. What else have we got for you? Um, rugby league-wise, um, just back on boxing too, by the way, uh, Paul Gallen. So he fights Darcy Lussick on Wednesday at the Star. I wasn't aware, right? So it's three by two minute rounds. How about Gal? I know he's a prize fighter. And uh, look, he is well, well known for his, um, oh, how do I say this? He likes the coin, right? Likes the coin. Um, he's pretty, They say he's pretty tight with the coin. That's just what they say. I don't really know. Anyway, three by two minute rounds against Lussy. What do you reckon he's earning for that? Yeah? What would you step into the ring for against Lussy? 700K. Oh, my Lord. I'm in the wrong game, I think. Um, I'd jump in there myself against Lusick for seven hundred large. I think. Anyway, good luck to him. Uh, he's a prize fighter and he's, he's cashing in while he can. Um, if Lusick was to beat Gallon, I'm reading this in the Telegraph today. Um, if Lusick was to somehow beat Gallon, and I can't see that happening, um, well, it might then ruin his chances of fighting Sam Burgess. I think they're f- they're planning a fight for worth about a million dollars. Jeez, uh, in February next year, we might we'll talk a bit about bo- boxing. Um, with JJ Rocker a bit later on, but uh, good Dosh, isn't it? Good Dosh, if you can hear it. Cameron Murray has been announced as the new South Sydney captain. What do you think of that, Bunnies fans? Um, He's a fine young man, isn't he, Cam Murray? Uh, Really a good young player too. Uh, They had other options. Uh, This is handing on since Adam Reynolds left. Uh, Damien Cook, Cody Walker, uh, a couple of senior players there. But Cam Murray, he is the future of the club, is he not? And you'd have to say he is a lock Yes, he's a lot. Well done, Chris. I mean, he's a shoe in <laughs> for the New South Wales team for many, many years to come. They are up at uh, Latrell Mitchell's property. Um, where is that? Mid-North Coast, isn't it? He's up from around Tar So they're up there having uh, having a camp, a three-day camp, the Bunnies. I reckon that'd be a bit of fun. I'm sure it's a lot of hard work. But uh, knowing what Latrell and, and Josh Addo Carr got up to uh, a couple of years ago. Was that a couple of years? <laughs> I wonder if they're doing any any shooting up there. I'm sure it's all good. It's all above board. And good luck to them. Work hard, play hard, I say. Uh, but Bunnies fans, what do you think? Um, Cam Murray, he's uh, he's the only man for the job, isn't he? I think. I think he is anyway. Uh, let me know your thoughts. 0457 736 736. Anything rugby league-wise you want to talk about, um, pick up the phone. Give me a call or drop me a text. I don't know if uh, any of you caught that um, the sale GP, if you've got any interest in that. I don't mind it, actually. Jeez, these... These boats, if you call them, they they fly, don't they? Almost quite literally. Um, I saw, was it the British, the British um, GP boat, the crash it had with the Japanese boat a couple of days ago. Did you see that? My Lord, they just didn't see it coming. It can happen. I don't know if any of you guys are into boating. I've got a little boat, but um, yeah, I tell you what, you're always learning out in the water. Uh, and anything can, can bloody happen. You've got to be so, so careful. It just goes to show no matter how experienced uh, you are as a skipper, you've got to have eyes in the back of your head. The British boat just tore into the Japanese boat and uh, ripped it to shreds. Um, but the, um, yesterday, good news for the, uh, the Aussies, though. Our Sail GP team uh, clinched uh, the Sydney Sail GP and is so through to next year's uh, season-ending grand final in san francisco and that they'll be battling out for uh two other boats um one million dollars in prize money uh, the sydney sail gp so it's contested by eight teams it was across friday and again yesterday uh as i say a lot of drama with that uh that british boat disqualified uh from yesterday's races after colliding with uh with the japanese boat but well done uh, to the Aussie Sail GPT, Uh You might be into your, your boats if you are. Uh, give me a call. Talk about it. Tell me, actually. You can tell me about some of the misfortunes you may have had on the water. And I, I bet, uh, without trying to trump it, I bet I can top it. I bet I can top it. I have had all sorts of problems in my boat. As I say, um, you learn on the run, don't you? Learn on the run. All right, loads for us to get into. Uh, pick up the phone. Give me a call, 01 11 Hope you've got your Chrissy shopping all sorted. Bet you haven't. No? Okay, hands up if you have. Thank you. None of you. Okay, like me, in the same boat. Uh, and 0457 736 736. That is the text line. Uh, get involved. Chris Warren with you for the next couple of hours on Sunday edition of Sports Central. What happened there? Well, I'll tell you what happened. I don't know. Just cut out. Anyway, I'm here, Chris, with you here until uh, midday. Uh, Lockie McCurdy from Code Sports. If you haven't checked out Code Sports yet, I strongly uh, suggest you do. Um, he is over at Adelaide Oval or down at Adelaide Oval, um, however you want to say it. Um, this text here says, Chris, it's definitely down there. Thank you. Thank you. I've been saying it's down there. Lockie McCurdy, uh, wherever you are, you're over there. You're down there. You're in Adelaide. How are you? I'm very well, thank you,
0: Chris. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely a a much cooler sort of end to the weekend over here in Adelaide. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this game plays out. But after yesterday, I think uh, that first session was interesting, but it looks like it's only going to go one way these next two days.
1: It looks like that. We said yesterday when you jumped on the line, mate, and and again, thank you for for taking a bit of time out. We said it was was imperative that Milan and Root, they put on a score. They did. uh, They could have gone on further. But um, sadly, then it all, well i did, I was going to swear them. It all went sadly wrong for them. <laughs> I was going to say something up. Really, something up rhymes with uh, <laughs> rhymes with pits.
0: <laughs> it really did go just horribly wrong so quickly because in that first session, Root and Milan looked absolutely unbeatable. They played it perfectly. Batting conditions obviously suited them. So on a, a deck that wasn't doing much, they they played it perfectly in terms of keeping the scoring rate high and making a, some real inroads on Australia's lead. And I think in the end, they put together a 138-run partnership, their second 100-run partnership for the series after they did the similar thing up in the second innings at the Gabba. But they came out after that first tea break and, gosh, it just unraveled for me. Cameron Green got the wicket of Joe Root in a, in a superb sort of five or six-ball mm. bowling plan and just drew that edge. And it just... Oh, I've used the word unraveled a couple of times, but it's the perfect word to describe it because once the rest of that middle order came in, there was just no resistance, and Australia rolled mm. through them.
1: It's sadly for England, it's a, it's a recurring theme, isn't it? I, uh, I point out a, a tweet from former England captain last night, Michael Vaughan. Um, the honest facts are that Australia are a better cricket team in all facets of test cricket. No point in making excuses. The Aussies are just a lot better. Um, succinct. I think,
0: yeah, I think that's been the, the consensus at the
1: moment, definitely. Mm. We seem to have them all over the park. I mean, we've got a, it would seem a much deeper batting lineup. You also take Hazelwood out, um, one of the most consistent pace bowlers in recent years. You take out Pat Cummins, uh, the number one ranked World Test bowler, and even without them, we still seem to have the depth and have their measure. And, and add to that as well, Um, we have a bowling, a tail that can really put on some runs as well, which they don't seem to have. Yeah, it's going to be uh,
0: very interesting to see how Michael Neaser goes today in his first test. He's uh, got Mm. the lucky position of being night watchman last night, comes in this morning in what will be beautiful batting positions in Adelaide. So after he scored 35 or 36-odd in the first innings, there's every reason he can go on and uh, get a few more runs next to his name uh, in the first session today. But, yeah, it's just all our bowlers seem to be able to hit with the bat. The fact that Nathan Lyon is coming in at number 11, he's got the record for the most runs in test cricket without a 50. So he's definitely got the talent as well. And you're absolutely right in terms of Hazelwood and Cummins being out to probably Australia's two most consistent and best bowlers at test level. And really they haven't missed a beat. And while Mieser and Richardson probably didn't get the wickets return that their bowling deserved in that first inning, they contributed by building that pressure to the success that Stark and Lyon then went on to have.
1: You talk about pressure, Lockie, and um, Marcus Harris has been under immense pressure. He really needed some runs, and well done to him because, uh, look, that must be so daunting, going out their final session under lights against you know the likes of Anderson and Broad, and uh, well done to him. He stuck it out, and, and hopefully he might get some runs on the board today. Yeah,
0: without a doubt. I think everyone is behind Marcus Harris in terms of wanting him to do well this innings. There's there's no secret that he's well supported within the Australian group and his his first class record shows just how brilliant a batter he can be. So the fact that he has this opportunity now to go out and get some runs when realistically Australia aren't necessarily batting for a, a runs total. They'll be looking to just go, Okay, let's get through to six thirty, seven o'clock and then we'll put England in under lights. He's got a great opportunity to really make his mark. I mean, it's easy to forget that he still hasn't scored a century at test level. And really, there's not going to be a better opportunity than what he has today.
1: Mm. We, uh, what was the general consensus down oh, down there? Oh, can I say down there? Of course I can. Yeah, it's uh, down work. It down is though. down there. What was the general consensus around there when, um, when we didn't elect to, to enforce the follow-on?
0: I think it's become just a pattern of what we've seen in, in recent years that Australia, there's a reluctance to, to enforce the follow-on. I mean, chatting to, to Mitch Stark in his post-match presser last night, he, he clearly said that, look, it's not really a bowling decision. Steve Smith seemed pretty set in his ways, but uh, one thought that he offered in terms of why the decision was made was that if they'd enforced the follow-on, they wouldn't have got the full night session to bowl, whereas if they bat again they can really control when they declare and go, okay, we can get the full session three on day four to bowl England. So mm. I, I guess it, it wouldn't have made much of a difference, but it, it could play into the hands of just those extra five to maybe eight overs that they would get today as opposed to if they'd sent
1: them in well, uh, last night. Poor old Marcus Harris, um, uh, I guess responsible for the run out of David Warner, <laughs> or was he? I mean, who takes the blame for that?
0: I am saying David Warner does. Mm. I think looking I back think so at the too. replays you can you can see some of the, the the different angles. There's both there's a bit of hesitation on both ends, but Davy then <laughs> is the first one to start sprinting. He sets mm. off and then calls back and by that time it's too late. Both have committed to the run and Harris gets home first. So look I think it's just a mix up and I, I think there was a statistic floating around that it's once they pass sort of thirty or so, it was the highest Ash's opening partnership that Australia had had since Melbourne in, in 2017. They haven't bat, had a chance to bat together much. I think they I average know. 13 or 14 batting together. So I guess those sort of things are going to happen when you when you don't get much experience out in the middle together. But yeah, I, I, yeah, it's just one of those things that happen.
1: I saw that stat too. So what what did they put on 41 together? So you're right. The biggest, highest opening partnership in Ash's Test since yeah since uh, Bancroft and Warner. Uh, at the MCG mm. made 51. I couldn't quite believe that myself. Anyway, okay, mate, um, I won't keep you long. So what? when do you think we'll declare? You don't think it's a runs thing? I mean, obviously, we're going to know what we're ahead by, but I guess we need at least mm. one full session and maybe more, don't we, today? Yeah, I, I think so. Look, it's if, if I was to pick, I'd,
0: I'd say somewhere in that middle session today mm, yeah. that they'd be looking to maybe get, half an hour to 45 minutes of bowling, especially at that top order, because
2: as good as
0: England's batters realistically are, they haven't been good this series. And as a result, there's every reason that you can believe that Hasib and uh, Rory Burns could be out before that night session, which I think will be Australia's goal. If they can get a full night session to bowl at both Root and Milan, that's when it becomes dangerous. because, Because obviously, Root and Milan, they've shown what they can do during the day, Australia don't want them in first session, day five. They want to be able to break that partnership tonight at some point. So I think they'll try and give themselves a little bit more room in terms of declaring before that night session and try and get either Burns or Haseeb out early. Mm.
1: All right, mate. I really do appreciate it. Also, so some other protocol news coming out. Re-COVID, re-the players, the Aussie players, when they return for the Sydney and Melbourne test. Um, Do you want to just quickly summarise what's happening there?
0: Yeah, so it just looks like that we're going to be having more restrictions now. Obviously, the, the they haven't been going out to dinner during the test here in Adelaide because it is a day-night test, but they were allowed well, some to of them did in groups of up. Well, uh, more, <laughs> more specifically during the test, yes, just because yes. the matches are finishing at 10.30. But before, obviously, they did. But the restrictions were that they could, um, they could go to restaurants. They could go in terms of groups of three just to make sure it yeah. was kind of like there weren't a big group of six, seven players getting caught up in a COVID scare, but there's been a few extra restrictions put in for Sydney, Melbourne, where obviously the case numbers and uh, are a lot higher in terms of making sure they're staying outdoors where possible, not going to gyms and things like that. So it's going to be, they're going to be clamped down a little bit more, but I, I don't think they'll mind, especially when they've seen the consequences of what happens when your captain can miss a test match. By the sounds of things, they're all happy to kind of bunker down that a little bit more if it means they're going to be playing some cricket. Absolutely.
1: Lockie, thanks as always, mate. I really appreciate yesterday and today. Um, and you can read more uh, from Lockie McCurdy at Code Sports. appreciate your time, mate. Enjoy the rest of day four and, uh, and day five as well.
0: Thank you so
1: much, Chris, anytime. Great stuff. Lockie McCurdy there. Just read those numbers too. So um, exploding, and this is uh, Sam Landsberger in the the telly today. So exploding COVID-19 numbers in Melbourne and Sydney won't force players into lockdown for the next two tests, uh, but drinking in bars, getting haircuts, some of them do need haircuts, and working out in public gyms, and some of us need to work out more in public gyms, will all be put on the banned list. Okay, so isolating Australian captain Pat Cummins is likely to be the last player to dine indoors this series as Cricket Australia elevates its biosecurity protocols to level four restrictions for the next two tests. So that comes after an infection record on Saturday in New South Wales of, of 2,482. That was yesterday. Today, guys and girls, that is up to 2,566. Okay, so um, the clampdown sort of is continuing or begins for the, uh, the Aussie cricketers. Talking of stuff-ups, and that comes after the, uh, the, the, the Sale Grand Prix, the British boat uh, took care of or took out, swiped um, the Japanese boat. So the Brits were disqualified. The Aussies are through, by the way. We go through to San Francisco for the final of the Sale GP. Well done. Um, but in terms of other stuff-ups, um, keep them coming through. Uh, by the way, talking of boats as well, if you've got any boating mishaps feel free to give me a call uh, or even drop me a text. And talking of on the water yesterday on Sydney Harbour, our very own, I guess we can say our very own, Jalisa Apps, who's been doing mornings, uh, not mornings, I've been doing mornings. Um, she's been doing brekkie with um, with Jimmy this week. Um, she was on the boat, on the water yesterday on a hen's night. A hen's night, yes. Uh, I've just seen some stuff on Instagram and I, I hope they got home and hosed, is all I can say. Because if those girls all dressed in pink... And they each had a, a glass in left and right hand. If uh, if they were to take charge of that vessel, oh, my God knows where it might have ended up. Stay with us. This is Sports Central. Um, did Darcy Lussick call through, by the way? He hasn't called through as yet. Okay. But I did say earlier that I, I, I'd be happy to step into the ring for 700 large. Um, you're saying he hasn't called through? Not yet. He hasn't, Chris. Okay. No, that's fine. Um um, I don't know. What, what about you? How much would it take you to... Well, I, I would. I'm telling you I would. And tell Darcy I will. Give me a month to prep. How much at home would you uh, need to step into the ring to take on Darcy Lussick for three by two minute rounds? Gal's getting 700 large for it. I, jump, I, I won't last long, but that's not the point. I'll take the cash. Anyway, uh, that might be something else you might like to send me a text about. Oh, four five seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, how much would it take to step into the ring against Darcy Lussie? We're going to talk some boxing with JJ Rocker a bit later on. He's one half of the Rocked podcast. Up next, though, we're going to talk some uh, some soccer, some A-League. And uh, to do that, uh, Adam Kosnick, former Mariners player, will jump on the line. This is Sports Central. Chris Warren with you up until 2.
3: You're listening to Sports Central
1: on SEN. And
3: now. The Central Coast Mariners get one on target and Cy Goddard with his first goal in the A-League men's. was also Nisbet, he uh... well it is now. It took a while, but he is the captain. It is 100th match for the Central Coast Mariners. Oli Bazanik delivers once again, full time in Gosford. Central Coast Mariners two, Western Sydney Wanderers nil. Quickly, very quickly, and Melbourne victory are in front. Francesco Margiotta, the Italian. Post, fantastic ball. Jamie McLaren with a finish at the back post. Cross back post, The boot. Two goals in two minutes. And City are in front in the derby. Is this the moment for victory? It is! They've equalised again! Nick D'Agostino! ...finish to this game. It has had absolutely everything.
1: Yeah, indeed, uh, two all the score there between uh, Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory, but the earlier one, and uh, we're well, probably a little closer to the heart of our next guest, Adam Kwasnick, former Mariners player, and the Mariners too beating the Wanderers nil, uh, I guess mounting more pressure on uh, Wanderers coach Carl Robinson. It's a very good afternoon uh, to Adam. Thanks for joining us, mate. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Chris. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, You're welcome. Hey, before we talk soccer, footy, um, do you play golf at all?
4: I actually live on a golf course at it the is.
1: moment, so where's that? Yes, um, Magenta Shores. Ah, yes. Yeah. So In I've a got a bit cup. of a I've got a bit of a dilemma. I don't play very often, right? I'm a hack, and there's about two or three of us, four of us, and sometimes we get together and we play nine holes on a Sunday afternoon, sort of a twilight. But I've got so much yep. I've got so much work, housework to do, right? Single dad and all that stuff. I've got housework to do to clean up ahead of Christmas and blah blah blah, and. uh, They've said, you know, we've got to tee off at four 4.30 if you want to come. I've, I've said, mate, I've got a fair bit. I'll try and get there. They said, ditch the housework, ditch the Christmas shopping stuff, just get there and have a couple of beers. <laughs> what do I do? Oh, mate, you you got you to gotta stick to what you know, I reckon, <laughs> agree with it, and then
4: worry about the Christmas stuff and the cleaning. Okay, it'll but take
1: it, – it, it, yeah, okay, it'll take care of itself. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going teeing off up there at nine o'clock. Right uh, your former club uh, going pretty well, aren't they? The Mariners, um, a good result for them. Uh, I saw some highlights of that, um, and Oli Bazanic. That was a lovely free kick, wasn't it? In injury time.
4: Yeah, it sure was, and obviously it capped it off. He's his hundredth game for the club. Yeah, uh, obviously a lead team a remarkable free kick. But look, these conditions that they were playing in, Chris, they weren't ideal for football um mm. it, it it wasn't a great game that being said you know the the mariners started brightly um you know the likes of Urania and Moresh they looked they looked good on the ball they looked uh they looked like they were going to score and you know the wonderers for me deary me i just i just don't know where to go with them they couldn't keep the ball they were leaving large gaps. Uh, in the end, I thought the Mariners were deserved winners. I thought they did really, really well um, and came away with a 2-0 win. You say
1: the conditions. You're talking about the oppressive heat, yeah. Did they have some uh, stoppages, extra breaks? Yeah, they did. they did. Every 15 minutes, they stopped the game. It, just, mm. it was just a slow
4: game, and, and you can't blame it. Like, it. It's going to happen. Um, I just thought the kickoff time in that sort of heat wasn't ideal. Um, you know, We're trying to attract people to watch our game. Um, and 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 that that wasn't the time to be playing that type of game. It was, you know, it was leading up to be a great match, but it just was a slow burn. Um, in the end, the Mariners did enough, and and they'll go away from that and they'll move on very quickly onto the next next game. But um, I'm just happy that they won, but it wasn't a great
1: spectacle for our game. Fair enough, and and good that you, you you're calling it as you see it too. You're not sugar coating it. Um, and probably some lessons to be learned out of that across across all sort of sports as well. Um, Wanderers, though. So, what does that do now? I mean, how long do you wait? How long is is too long um, before, or am I overreacting before the coach might get the tap on the shoulder?
4: No, you're not. You're not overreacting at all. I, I think it's very, very warranted. Look, again, big club, uh, big ambitions, but just haven't delivered. Um, there was promise in that first game against Sydney in the derby of finished a nil or draw, and I was like, okay, this is. Mm. This is a team that means business this season, but they just haven't lived up to it since. Whether it's just a low patch, I'm not quite sure. I watched elements of their game yesterday where, under no pressure, they were able to keep the ball with short passes. But as soon as they looked to move the ball forward, um, just really off the pace, um, misplaced passes, no communication. And I was watching Carl Robinson. There were times where he just sat on the bench for five minutes, literally sat and just watched the game, and there was no activity from him. There was no, mm. where where can I change this? Where can I try and get the best out of these players? There was nothing. And and, and sadly for me, he, he's got to go. There's, there's no question about that team on paper can really stand up in this league, but they're just not delivering. Um, mm. And the fans are saying it. Everyone's saying it, it's just not good enough for a big club like the Western Sydney Wanderers. And I think it's time for Carl Robinson
2: to move on. Mm,
1: there you go. All right, the Melbourne Derby then City v Victory. Uh, two all. It finished. And I'll be honest, I haven't. I haven't even seen highlights of, of this game. Um, are they points that that City have, have, have let go of?
4: Look, this this game, it had everything. I, you you got to watch it, Chris. It mm. was. One of the best games of football I've, I've watched in a very, very long time. Um, it had everything, passion in the stands, um, you know, the intent, intensity, the quality on the field, you um, just everything. Goals, yeah. um, you know, stop. It just was remarkable. And and in the end, I thought it was a fair result. I actually tipped this one to be 1-1. But the fact that it was 2-2, 1-0 to Melbourne victory, the old Kevin Muscat, Archie Thompson, free kick, caught Melbourne City napping. Yeah. Um, and Marge Odder was on that occasion where he, he put the ball at the back of the net. And for a large part of that game, victory looked comfortable. City came out in the second half. They were firing and two goals in six minutes, put them up. Um, and then victories, a super sub, Nick D'Agostino, came on and, and made the difference, got them back into the game, and right at the end, you thought Melbourne City were going to steal it. Um, it was just heart-stopping in the end. Yeah. Bodies put on the line. Um, the result was fair in the end, just a fantastic game. Yeah. Uh, leading into it, you've got a, the last three derbies, the aggregate score was 14-1 to Melbourne City. Wow. There was a 6-0 win, a 7-0 win, a win and a one all draw. Um, just remarkable turnaround for Melbourne victory and, and Tony Popovich. He's really got his team humming and I can't wait for the next Melbourne derby.
1: That's a big rap, Adam, a big, we're talking about Adam Kwasnick, uh, by the way, if you've just tuned in, that's a huge rap. So maybe we go back and have a look at highlights of, of that game, but you know, they are a, a totally different kettle of fish, aren't they? Victory this year um, compared to what they were last year. So they're up to third on the ladder now. Um, just ahead of uh, your former club, the Mariners. Victory in third, Mariners in fourth, Western United at the top of the A-League, men's and MacArthur FC second. Um, now, they have a game today, do they not? Yes, they do. They're taking on uh, the Jets. That's out at Campbelltown. So they must have got their pitch in order. Have they out there at Campbelltown?
4: Yeah, I think they've got their act together out there. <laughs> the, the People at Campbelltown are just Yeah. Yeah, they're, that's right. A month too late, in my opinion. But look, you know Macarthur's first home game. They, you know they've been impressive, and impressive I mean in, in disrupting teams. They they give you a false sense when you're playing against, against them that you're in control, that you've got large parts of the of possession, and that you're moving the ball in and around them. But they just really disrupt you and make life difficult for you when you try to go forward. And then they hit you with the sucker punch. Um, you know it's going to be interesting up against the Newcastle Jets, who for me they've been super impressive. And um, I'll I'll use Angus Thurgate. He's really in the picture for the soccer for a Socceroos call up. Yeah, he's got a new lease of life. Last year he was he was predictable. He was sort of contained into the way he could play. He's allowed to express himself. He's playing with purpose, and the players around him are really helping that. Uh, this game for me is. You know, apart from the derby last night, this is game of the round for me. MacArthur V the Jets. I'm tipping another draw in this one.
1: Okay, awesome. And finally, mate, Sydney FC at home to Wellington Phoenix. That's out there at Cogra. Uh Sky Blues, they haven't had a win yet, have they, this season? I mean, if they were to lose to Phoenix, uh, do we start getting worried for, for Sky Blues fans Ooh, I'm talking uh, about? Yeah, yeah.
4: Look, Sky Blues fans have every right to be worried. Look... The the issue I have, and and Paul Paul Wade made a good call last week uh, during the game against the the Mariners where they, you know, Sydney lost 2-0. Steve Corica took over from Graham Arnold and he continued the success. um, And the success has lasted three or four years. Now we're going to see what Steve Corica and his coaching staff are really made of. They are misfiring. They look flat. They've got injuries. They really need to get themselves out of this slump. Um... Uh, they're playing against a team in Wellington who are pretty much on the same page. have only scored three goals. have conceded eight. They're in a slump as well. Going to be really interesting this afternoon. Uh, who's going to go on with this one? Sydney at home again. Another opportunity for them to kickstart their season. I'm hoping uh, Steve Corica gave them a good kick up the backside during the week, and hopefully we'll see the real Sydney FC turn up this afternoon.
1: Thanks, Adam, as always, mate. I love chatting to you. I really do. And appreciate you taking time out. Um, and enjoy your Christmas. I, I won't talk to you uh, before then. So have a wonderful Christmas and, and festive period.
4: Take care, Chris. Merry Christmas to you too as
1: well. Thanks, champion. There he is, Adam Kwasnik. Knows his stuff inside and out. Uh, Darren from Ingleburn. I'll get to your text shortly. So too the big G. Keep them coming through. 0457 736 736.
3: You're listening to Sports Central
1: on SEN. Yes, indeed, you are. We're going to talk some boxing too, about quarter past one. So stick around for that. Um, JJ Rocker, we're going to be talking UFC and boxing and all things uh, all things uh, combat sports. Up next, we're going to talk some basketball as well. Uh, but you would have heard an ad there, but playing on our network, uh, Redisign, uh, that fight with Parker and Chisora. That's already over. That was this morning, right? So uh, Joe Parker, he won by unanimous decision. He dropped uh, dropped Chisora three times. So uh, there you go for that one. But plenty more boxing for us to sink our uh, teeth into uh coming up uh this text here as well from the big g uh good morning chris afternoon g uh merry christmas safe new year to you and your family so all english teams are the same as the sale gp team uh cricket team they also uh are crashing as we speak you're right big g thanks for your text and darren from ingleburn i'll get to your text uh after uh the next break this is sports central with me chris warren
3: Central on SCN. Here goes Zimmerman turns around, drains it. What a finish to a first half. Scotty Maturna can't believe it. And the fans are on. Shut down by Daniel Johnson, for the throwdown from the Jo King on his former team for the Titans. They are going to prevail here by 26 points. They've stormed all over Adelaide, and the fans celebrate. It's Cairns 93, Adelaide 67. It's excellent. It's quite a contrast because the Kings have hit 6 six threes in the opening quarter. How good is that to see? And a 14-point advantage. Middle stages of the third. Cooks go to work. Shut down Joe Chi. We get in training. to Get him. Get to the website, the Phoenix needs something to fall, and on cue they do. Well, they find a bucket out of that timeout. And the poor pass, knocked down by Cooks, he's been everywhere. This is a good audition for player of the game, honors. season high 19 for Xavier Cooks. He is Cook, bouncing off the biggest defeat in Kings history. They've come up with a very impressive performance to prevail here by nine points. Sydney, 84, upset the Phoenix, 73.
1: Yeah, big turnaround, wasn't it? Massive turnaround by the Sydney Kings. 84-73 over the Phoenix and the earlier highlights you heard there. Uh, Cans Taipans, 93, defeated the 36ers, 67. Uh, so I guess relief is uh, the main word for the Kings. Uh, stunning turnaround in form after that. What well, was a record loss, wasn't it? A couple of days ago. I think it was on Thursday. Um, And uh, so then last night or yesterday, uh, shooting guard Angus Glover, 15 points, uh, Xavier Cooks, uh, 19 points, and American forward uh, Jarrell Martin, uh, he put 12 points away as well. So all those three in double figures. Uh, Joining us on the line now, uh, playing in that match uh, yesterday, uh, it's a very good afternoon to uh, Tom Vadanovich. Tom, thanks for your time, mate. How are you?
2: Yeah, good thanks, mate. Much better today than Friday, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely, and and our listeners, And uh, are we going to SENZ today? We're not, but we do have SENZ. You may be listening through SENZ on the app, and you can tell through Tommy's voice, he's a proud Kiwi, but he's been with the Kings for, is this your third season, or is it a bit longer? Second season. Second season. Second season over with Sydney. And you're liking it over here, no doubt. Loving it, yeah, especially this warm weather. It's lovely, isn't it? It's been about bloody time it arrived the summer. Hey, listen, what, how, right. where did this turnaround come from? I mean, did you do anything differently in, in the preparation for this match?
2: Not really. I think, um, you know, we're, we've got a young team this year, so it, it was just a, a matter of, you know, knowing that we, we need to grow up from that loss that we had. It's It's obviously tough to lose in general, but when you lose like that, you either climb back up or up on the horse or or you stay down and we only had one option really. Um, you know, it was a big game to come in. We had the top of the table coming home and um, I think, you know, we had our tails between our legs after that game. So mm. um, for us to get up and, and rally, um, we all sort of knew what we had to be done, just play our game. We obviously didn't didn't do that on Thursday. So, yeah, I, th- I think we're all very proud with yesterday's efforts.
1: Mm. Oh, and you should be, mate. should be. There's no better way to uh, answer the critics than uh, doing it out there on the boards, sitting two and two on the season now. I think I'm right in saying. So, what your early thoughts on 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 how things are travelling there? Uh, take away um, the, the let's let's say it was a blip on the radar, the big loss a couple of days ago. Uh, h- how do you think you're travelling the team?
2: Yeah, we're travelling well. Um, you know, practices are really good, competitive. Um, everyone's sort of coming in and working hard every day. So as long as we can really Make sure every time we step out for those games, we play the way we play. Um, I think, you know, we'll, we'll have a pretty good run this season.
1: Tell me more about Chase Buford as a coach.
2: Yeah, he's good. Um, I um...
1: You there, Tom? You dropped out? You... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. What, yeah no, he's what, what great. Are, what um... are his strengths?
2: Oh, he's a real players' coach, you know. Mm-hmm. He sort of he's out on the floor sweating with all of us during training, and um, you know he's running through drills and defending everyone and, and talking. So, yeah, it's good. It's good to have someone like that that really embraces it with you. Um, you know, he's literally dripping at the end of training, so um, he's really working hard for us, and, and it sort of gets the most out of the boys too. I think.
1: Uh, you've got a a reasonably quick turnaround. Your next game, I'm talking to Tom Vardanovich, by the way, um, Sydney Kings player. Uh, Next game, I think Wednesday night against the, the Tasmania Jack jumpers, your, um, your early thoughts on them.
2: Yeah, sort of caught most of their games. They're they're a very talented side. I think, you know, they're um, new to the league this year, but they've got some exciting players and they, they are young as well for the most part. So it'll be a good test for us. Um, Obviously, backing up with the other home game. Um, the Sydney fans were great last night, so having yeah. them on our side is also a bonus. So, uh, But yeah, we'll, we'll start preparation for them tomorrow, um, really lock into the scout and see what we can um, pick apart from them. And and uh, we'll head in there confident, and hopefully another performance like last night.
1: Uh, is that at home Wednesday night, or is that away? Sorry, I haven't got that in front of me.
2: Against the Jacks. Yeah, home Wednesday night. Yeah, we, we yeah. have a couple of home games coming up now.
1: So, I mean, this might sound like a, a silly question, um, but playing at home, and it, it probably varies from sport to sport. I think, say, rugby league, you're playing a home game. You know, you you uh, basketball with the crowd being so close, I imagine playing at home is an enormous advantage to, to being on the road.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, this league has some of the most loud and boisterous fans, I think, you know, Sydney, when um, when it's pumping, it, it's pumping. The fans are great. They're, they're always loud and proud. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's tough going and playing in Perth. You know, it's tough playing in multiple yeah. stadiums around the league. Eh? The fans are just, yeah, they're right there. And you can really hear them each and every play. So, mm. trying to, you know, drown them out when you're away and, and soak it all up
1: when you're home is... Um, or part of the ride, I guess. Yeah, well, Tom, I, I hope you enjoyed the rest of the ride, mate, for the season, and, and let's hope that the the, the Kings are, are right there or, or thereabouts at the end of the season. Still a long, long way to go. Who's your NBA team? You got one that you follow?
2: Oh, I've just followed Stephen Adams around then. He's my boy. I grew up with him, so um, oh, true, right? have got to support the Kiwis in the league. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, there's more and more um you know NBL players that are, are venturing over there. Mate, again, thanks for joining us um on Sports Central. Um good luck on Wednesday against the, the Jack Jumpers from from Tasmania and indeed the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Great stuff. No, your your time, mate. There he is. Tom Badanovich, well man, is isn't he. I tell you what, all these sports stars these days, very, very good to talk to, aren't they? Easy to talk to. And well-mannered, which is good, because you know what, you know what, Justin, manners are free. We got to be, tra- we got to train ourselves to be sort of what's they say during this time. We will be kind to each other and stuff, because as they well, say, I don't think it should be limited just to the festive period. I think we should be kind to each other, full stop. Totally agree, Chris. Um, what's that word? I'll, I'll say this from my experiences from my workplaces. Oh, geez. Oh boy. yeah. Oh boy, boy, don't we? Co- oh, I was about to say, man, don't I cop some big Tom and. Gee, some of the things that people have said to me. Well, there's no room for nastiness. nastiness. Not not at this time of the year, surely. No. No. I'll give some uh, updates on the NBA in a moment. But NBL-wise today, uh, a couple of games as well. Melbourne United at home to New Zealand Breakers. Um, Brisbane Bullets take on the Illawarra Hawks at Nissan Arena. And Perth Wildcats uh, are playing the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. um, RAC Arena, that one's at 5.30pm this afternoon when it sounds like I will now be on the golf course instead of um, mopping the floor, I hate bloody housework. I do it. I try and do it once a week, the full mop, and then the, the full sweep, then the full mop. I don't like it. I actually—it's like it, a workout. i sweat's dripping off me by the I'd, end of it. I actually—I quite like vacuuming the floor, Chris. But any—do you? Yeah, I do. Good old oh, dot. The good old. I, I think I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the brand of the vacuum cleaner I use is Dyson. And yeah, you can, ching, ching. Yeah, there's a little credit for you. Well, you'll get something, yeah, something in the mail for Christmas, a Dyson under the under the tree for you. It's
2: those Dyson vacuums, nah, I'm telling stuff you. Stuff the vacuum It's very <laughs> good. Come to, house and <laughs> come to my Dyson vacuum.
1: Come to my vacuum, right? And I spend a bit of money on it. Mm. Every, oh, I don't know, every room I do, then I've got to pull it all apart and empty it and pull it all up to get, it's all plugged mm. and, and blocked and, oh, no way. No way in the world. Hate it. Anyway, no, my mates have said ditch the cleaning. Um, So that would mean my house will be dirty in the week leading up to Christmas Mm. if I do go and play golf this afternoon. You know that, don't you? Yeah, it'll be a very messy, messy place, as they say. Mm. Oh, well. Um, Now, this text, uh, Darren from Ingleburn. So Cam Murray, um, I'm reading today, has been appointed the South Sydney captain and everyone seems to think, yeah, that is the right way to go, including me. Um, and I was saying that uh, Jason Dimitri, they were they made the decision up there on the Mid North Coast. So I thought uh, I'm reading an article in the Telegraph today that they're up there on a, a three day sort of camp training camp on Latrell Mitchell's property. But Darren from Ingleburn is saying that uh, that was cancelled. Um, that camp on Mitchell's farm after Tom tested positive to COVID. Also, best wishes for Christmas. Thanks, uh, Darren. Um, I just dropped uh, Michael Karianus, um a text to see, because he wrote that story, and I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'll take your word for it. Either way, whether the decision was made up on the mid-north coast or wherever, um, Cam Murray will be the, the proud captain uh, of uh, the Magnificent Bunnies next year. So... Uh, uh, Darren says it's a great choice. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. He's a fine player, and he will be uh, around for a long, long time to come, you would have thought. Um, here you go. Michael Karianis has just dropped me, mate. Uh, hey, mate, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure um, that was written today uh, by Buzz. Anyway, Buzz Rothfield. Talking about Buzz Rothfield, too. There's a um, – I don't know if you've read today's paper. He does an annual uh, Christmas card exchange um you're familiar with that well it's more not an exchange it's more people that won't exchange christmas cards i haven't got time to go through the whole list here but i thought i'd draw your attention to a few of them um this written by buzz rothfield and uh okay we've got john morris and dino Mezzatesta. so that's former cronulla coach john morris and uh, cronulla boss dino they shan't be exchanging cards joey Leilua lua uh, Joey Lailua, who uh, was axed by the Tigers, uh, chewing up about 800 large, by the way. Uh, and uh, Michael Maguire. Joey and Michael won't be exchanging cards. Latrell Mitchell and Joey Manu won't be exchanging cards. Uh, Joey is, uh, I guess, still recovering from that uh, that fracture that Latrell uh, caused. Uh, Ivan Cleary and Wayne Bennett uh, shan't be exchanging cards. There's quite a few of them on there. Um... Paul Vaughan, he of the uh, the Barbecue Brigade, um, axed by the Dragons and uh, Dragons coach Anthony Griffin, not expected to be exchanging Christmas cards. Ben Simmons in the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, still said to be um, not at, on good terms with each other. And another one, Lachlan Lewis and Cody Walker. Do you remember that? That was one of the most bizarre scenes ever. Do you remember that? Uh, uh, Lachlan Lewis put a... I don't know. It was a cumble and throw sort of jiu-jitsu sort of move on Cody Walker. Do you remember? And the the siren had already gone. And um, I think then he was put on report or suspended. I can't quite recall. Anyway, uh, that's all in the Daily Telegraph today. Keep those texts coming through. 0457 736 736. Is Darcy Lussick called through yet? No? Still got nothing there, Chris. Nothing. Because I said I'd step into the ring against Darcy for 700 large. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk boxing. <laughs> Darcy, take that. Take take that. I'll talk to Darcy off air. I don't want our listeners to work out what sort of fee we work that out. Uh, we are going to talk some serious boxing next with JJ Rocker.
3: Into Sports Central
1: on SEN. Yes, indeed. Get the gloves on. Get the gloves on. Time to talk a bit of uh, boxing. And, uh, well, the man about to join us, he's one half of The Rock Podcast.
3: This is Rock.
1: There's unsurpassed, unrivaled, unequalled, boxing and UFC IQ co-host and uh, executive producer of uh, Rocked Proudly, brought to us by Sydney City Toyota and Lexus, where I believe uh, JJ Rocker was very, very busy yesterday, a busy wicket it was on the the showroom floor out there. Hey, JJ, welcome to Sports Central, mate. Uh, Thanks for your time.
5: Thank you so much for having me on, Chris. I'm a big fan of the show, so it's it's an honour to be on.
1: Oh, beautiful. Hey, and before we talk uh, the fight game, et cetera, um, I understand you had a bit of a Christmas party, did you, on Friday night at Daltone House? We did. We did have a lovely Christmas party, and it was the first time the company got together
5: uh, since the pandemic. So it was good to celebrate wins and, and come together, and really have. It's a testament to the resilience of of not just our business, but every other business out there that that fought hard to keep the doors open. Over yeah, the absolutely.
1: Here, here. I mean, a lot of people have been through a lot of tough times, and 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 you're right. I think there's been a few Christmas parties that had been put on hold or, or not for the, for the last couple of years. So well done to you, and I'm glad businesses. Is booming, uh, with you guys. Okay, let's uh, let's get the gloves on or gloves off. I don't care how you want to do this, JJ Rocker. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Right, let's firstly reflect and wind back a few weeks now. And uh, I was in here and we were on air and it was all unfolding right before my eyes. Uh, George Cambosis Jr um it's been described some by you know the greats like johnny lewis saying it, it's probably um the greatest achievement in australian boxing history and that my god that's a big big rap um talking about his uh, his unified victory the lightweight division um against tifo lopez where are we up to now with george what are the next steps for him
5: well the next step is is really whatever george wants and george has made it very clear that He's the emperor of the division now, and he calls the shots, and he wants a, a defense at home. And the thing I've loved about George is he hasn't been uh, backwards in coming forwards. He wants the big fights, doesn't want any of the, the easy fights, and it's all about legacy for George. So whatever George wants next, which will be a stadium fight in Australia, I believe is, is exactly what's going to happen. Mm.
1: I'll talk about the No Limit card. So that's on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week uh, at the Star. A lot of, um, I guess, lesser-known boxers on that. And we have the likes of Paul Gallon, Darcy Lussick, sort of uh, drawing in um, those from outside the boxing game to give it a a bit more of a high-profile. Harry Garside. Will make his um, his pro debut as well. I'll talk about that in a moment. Before we do that, staying with boxing, um, and we're really going through a, a quite a, a renaissance, if you like, in Aussie boxing. Uh, not just George Cambosis Jr., but also um, the likes of Tim Zhu, the likes of Brock Jarvis. Um, all three of those are yet to taste defeat. I think I'm right in saying so. Tim Zhu, firstly, where where are we up to with him?
5: So Tim's in in a bit of an interesting position because that uh, there seems to be a bit of a logjam at the top of the d- division. Brian Castagno, who's a champion there, mm. as well as, as Charlo, came off a draw to unify the division, which kind of left that junior middleweight slot a, a bit contentious. So it looks like they're going to have a rematch to unify the division for all the belts, and Tim will, will most likely be waiting in the wings for the winner. Wow. In the event that the the fight... That unification about that is doesn 't go forward quickly i wouldn 't be surprised if we see Tim in in the ring again to uh, have a, a keep busy fight in the meantime
1: when you say a keep busy fight, throw me some names
5: uh, it, it, it could be anyone it could be it could be a tony Harrison it could be an Ericsson Lubin it could be mm. any of any of these top guys in America and I honestly believe that Tim most certainly has the skill set. Mm. He has the team behind him to mix it with any of these guys. He's not where he is through a lack of hard work or ability, that's for sure. So any of these names, I'm sure they will welcome any of them. Hopefully it's on Australian shores so we can we can mm. see him again, but then it's off to the races and, and for all the
1: belts it looks like. Are you saying, and how confident, Jay, I'm talking JJ Rocker, by the way, um, boxing UFC expert, are you saying it's, it's, uh, it's quite a, a good possibility that we might have world champions, unified world champions at, at different weight divisions if, if Zoo can also get there alongside uh, Cambosis Jr.?
5: Absolutely, and it'd be wow. unprecedented, Chris, to have two of those from our, our little country, Australia, doing our best. You know, it's mm. it's so fantastic to see so many great names on the world stage. And look, George's George's led the way, led the way from the front, and and shown that irrespective of of what everyone thinks across the pond in, in terms of our Australian boxing ability, that you're in it with a fight. And just to touch on George specifically, mm. let the way he's handled himself post victory be a lesson to every boxer out there. Do the interviews, show your face, attend the events, leverage your platform. Boxing in 2021 and the, is a business. And the actual fight is a small part of the full picture now maximize your exposure secure the opportunities in the fights maximize your income the bigger the fights the greater your legacy the greater your legacy the bigger the bigger the purses for you these guys are prize fighters they put their lives on the line every single time they enter that ring or that that octagon and they deserve to be remunerated accordingly
1: well said eloquently put too. brock jarvis uh jeff Fedick in his corner what's next for him
5: Well, Brocky came off uh, his Matchroom debut. So Matchroom are are basically the powerhouse promoters um, in the world of boxing at the moment. They've got the likes of Anthony Joshua on on, on their books. Um, Eddie Hearn put him on a show in... in America and it was his match room debut as well as U S debut. And he Mm. got past a a very, very tough and durable Mexican. I think Brock will likely have fight in the first quarter of next year on a, on a match room card abroad as well. And he's campaigning at at lightweight at the moment as, as well. So there's plenty of big names and and, and tough fights out there for Brock. But when you talk about um, hard work and, and just a good, solid foundation of mm. a fighter. Brock's got all the tools. So he's another one that don't be surprised if you see him in the mix shortly in terms of world title contention.
1: Jeez, I hope so, eh? Uh Harry Garside. Now, this this young man, he's a, he's a real interesting character. He's a lovely fellow. I haven't met him, but I've, I've spoken to him on, on the phone here on this, this show. So he's making yes. his pro debut, and this is all part of the No Limit card Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. Um, and also on there is Andrew Maloney. We'll talk about him in a moment as well. Um, what are you expecting from Harry So I don't know, Johnny Lewis has, has almost come out of retirement to, uh, to be his mentor, if you like. He's obviously got some big expectations of Harry.
5: Absolutely, and, and look for Harry coming of such a successful Olympic campaign. I mean, a, a bronze medal is a very, very special achievement. Making it to the Olympics is a special achievement in itself. So he's going to come into the pro ranks with a lot of expectation. He's taking on a, a tough Fijian gentleman with a record of 9-1, and one, which is normally not common to take on someone like that in your professional debut. But Harry is uh, true to himself and will jump straight into the deep end so expect a performance that is probably going to mirror Harry's uh, amateur style he's going to box he's, he's tremendous at range and he shoots that left hand with power but I think with Johnny Lewis in his corner as well I think they're going to focus on or try and enhance his power punching as well so I'm very excited to see Harry make his pro debut I've heard tremendous things about how he's going in sparring and in camp and The No Limit boys certainly have have another superstar on their
1: hands. Yeah, they do. And uh, they can find them, and they're doing really good things, aren't they, in boxing promotion, certainly, in this country. I'm going to talk about Paul Gallen and Darcy Lussick with you in a moment, talking to JJ Rocker, by the way. Um, Now, on the Tuesday night, that double night card, if you like, uh, Andrew Maloney, he's the, the headline actor. Those, let's just rewind a bit. He was sensationally robbed of a world title in his third bout with Joshua Franco. Um, he admits a, a loss in this fight on Tuesday would be devastating for his career. He's going up against uh, a Froylen, uh Saluda, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Super flyweight title. Uh, he's a Filipino, isn't he, Froilan? Why is this so important for Andrew that he needs a win, but not just a win? but a convincing win.
5: He he does need a win. And look, Andrew is another tremendous fighter um, representing Australia on the world stage. He he had that that trilogy with with Franco, lost it the first time, robbed the second, and and, uh, lost lost the third one but this is the bounce back fight and and like any sport momentum is is so important in a career and andrew needs to get back to winning ways and i think prove to himself again that he is at that elite level because he truly is joshua franco the gentleman that that beat him in his last outing is is a very very special champion and comes from a great camp so look for andrew to come out and, and have a very special performance against Foley and Saludo, and, and really make a statement and re-announce himself on that world stage.
1: Mm. I like it, JJ. You're describing these uh, these vicious men um, uh, as gentlemen. I love it. They're the pugilists, they, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure most of them outside the ring uh, probably are gentlemen. Paul Gallon, he's made a point of saying he is a prize fighter. Makes no uh, bones about it. No apologies. And I, I read today he's yes. getting about 700 large ones. You could Buy a few, uh, well, quite a few Lexus, couldn't you? Uh, at Sydney City, Toyota, and Lexus with that sort of ching, ching, ching. Um, no, I, w- <laughs> I was saying I'd step into the ring. Um, I- I'll probably step into the ring for 100k for Darcy three by two minute rounds. I mightn't get out of the ring alive. Paul Gallon, though, he's done some really good things, hasn't he, for boxing. Um, and just by him being on the card, it, it allows others, uh, lesser known. Yeah, proper boxers if you like. You know, those that have learnt the sport and come through the ropes. Um, it gives them an opportunity that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise.
5: So it certainly does, and, and look, Paul's Paul has never disrespected the sport in in my opinion. If if you train hard and you fight someone that's of equal level of you, irrespective of, of what platform you you're on, you are a boxer. That is what Paul has done. At no stage has he disrespected the sport. At no stage did he say he was the best in the world or he has world title intentions or anything like that. But what I can certainly say he has done is create a platform for the lesser-known fighters that potentially may have not had a platform to showcase their skills. Allowed He's allowed them to have it. Great names we've seen come through the undercards of, of these footy fight nights and, mm. and the gallon shows and everything else that goes with it. And, and he pushes young talent as well, and he's very positive about the, the young men and women that are putting uh, the sport on the map mm. for the country. So power, power too, Paul, and good on him for squeezing as much as he can in terms of the payday out.
1: Absolutely. And talking of other other fighters that, that come from left field, outside the fight game, uh, YouTubers, the likes of Jake Paul. And I first came across Jake Paul a couple of years ago. My youngest boy, Bobby, he's eight now, but he, he loves watching Jake Paul. He's a real YouTube sensation. My, my young fella knows a whole lot more about him than I do.
5: Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting the way this YouTube boxing has kind of surfaced in, in the last couple of years. It started off with uh, settling a few internet beefs uh, between YouTubers <laughs> and they 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 fought and put on big shows. And now Jake Paul's kind of taken it uh under his under his arm and run the ball straight and kind of <laughs> led from the fu- the front mm. and uh he's put on these these massive shows and he, he's fighting legitimate fighters now as well so mm. it is absolutely a circus absolutely a circus yeah. but hey people still buy tickets to go to the circus don't but they he
1: can hold them up though can he
5: he can. He's 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 not he's not too bad. I wouldn't um this business of him talking about uh, fights with Canelo. I probably yeah. wouldn't wouldn't be en- entertaining. But uh, look, power to him. If, what sort if, of weight? That's the way he, he wants. What sort of weight Sorry? is he?
1: What sort of weight is he?
5: What, what are they fighting at? He, he fights fights around one hundred and ninety pounds. So mm. the, the the big point of conjecture with Jake Paul is that he hasn't mm. really. Bought anyone around that that true 190 pounds the gentleman he's fighting today uh by the name of tyrone woodley five-time ufc champion mm. uh campaigned at 170 pounds when he was in the ufc yeah,
1: so yeah. yeah
5: it is what it is Could
1: but i suppose that's that's what settles fair enough hey uh, and before you go jj uh, this morning so it was on uh, design wasn't it parker chisora uh two and parker comes out well on top huh
5: Yes, well on top. Pa- Joseph Parker, another great name, putting uh, the Anzac fighting spirit all over the world stage in boxing. Uh, dropped Chisora three times, a very brave and, and valiant Chisora who's had a, a tremendous career as well. And there were talks of, of him retiring post, post-fight because of the savagery of, of the beatdown that, that went on this morning. But he's uh, confirmed on social media that he'll be back early next year. So mm. can't take the fight out of him.
1: Well, JJ, great to chat, mate, and we'll, we'll do it more often. Uh, have a lovely Christmas. I won't talk to you before then, but uh, uh, you know, we might have some big plans for boxing here on SEN 1170 over over the coming months, hopefully. And uh, we'll, we'll get you on for sure again. I appreciate that. Um, just to, uh, we'll give that that web that podcast another plug. That's what what, what podcast is it? This, this is rocked. rocked. It is. <laughs> <laughs> of it. course, it is the Rocked podcast. That sounds like uh, that's not Mark Warren, is it? That sounds like his voice. For sure. Well, give me that one again. I like yes, it. it is this <laughs> is rocked. <laughs> all right, JJ. And take... I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told to refer to you
5: as Christopher if you do get cheeky That's with me, Christopher. That's no, so... good as gold. No, yep. good
1: as gold. Yeah, good as <laughs> gold, Jason. Jacob. Again,
5: thank you. Thank you for having me on. Well, I really, always, mate. I really appreciate it. Good. Good luck on that golf course this afternoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll need all the luck I can get. I cannot play. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Have a good Christmas. We'll talk again soon. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Well, there is uh, JJ Rocker, and I was you know, tongue in cheek saying I'd jump in the ring with um, with Darcy Darcy Lussick. I said I'd jump in with Darcy Lussick um, for a hundred thousand. Is that him? Put him, put him, put him on. Put him on answer it. He's, he's not there. No, he's not there. Fair. Bad luck. Not there. We'll take a break.
3: You're listening to Sports Central. You're listening to Sports Central
1: on SEN. Yes, you are. I hope you enjoyed that chat there. That um, was with uh, with JJ Rocker. That was good. Jay knows his stuff, doesn't he? Inside and out, does uh, JJ Rocker. Uh, just rounding off some uh, scores from around the grounds as well, if you have just uh, only tuned in. Uh, basketball results in the NBL. The Kings had a, a very good win, um, defeating Southeast Melbourne Phoenix 84 73. That's the Phoenix first loss. I think of uh, of the season. Cairns Taipans ninety three beat Adelaide thirty uh, sixes sixty seven uh, today. A few games as well in the NBL. Melbourne United take on uh, New Zealand Breakers. Brisbane Bullets take on the Hawks, and Perth Wildcats are up against Tasmania Jack Jumpers. In the A League, uh, last night the Mariners two defeated Western Sydney Wanderers nil, uh, putting a whole lot more pressure, piling it on Carl Robinson there. And we heard from Adam Kwasnick earlier on. When he joined us, former Mariners player, of course, um, he thinks it's time. It's time for uh, Robinson maybe to uh, get the, the tap on the shoulder. Uh, they've only had the one win, I think, in their past six games or competitions. Melbourne City to Melbourne Victory two, and by all reports, it was an absolute cracker of a match. Um, that one, you might want to dig out the highlights of that. Uh, in terms of A League today, Macarthur FC take on Newcastle Jets at Campbelltown at four. Sydney FC against Wellington Phoenix at Cogra. Quarter to seven. Um, and in the Premier League, uh, so Monday morning, Newcastle United are taking on Manchester City, St. James's Park, very early, 1 a.m. tomorrow morning. Wolverhampton, uh, the Wanderers are home to Chelsea at Molyneux. And uh, Tottenham Hotspur play Liverpool um, in North London. So that's uh, about 3.30 a.m. tomorrow. Also tomorrow morning, too, uh, soccer. And, and, yes, you know, that's it's not my my go-to game, obviously, but I do enjoy soccer. I lived over in the U.K. for more than a decade, so I had to sort of fall not in love with football, soccer, but I, I certainly um, went and saw quite a bit of it. Ange Postacoglu, and I spent a fair bit of time in Scotland too, by the way, up in Glasgow, I was going up there every week, actually. We uh, would bring broadcasting, the, the rugby league and the AFL uh, was coming in uh, through Satanta Sports, so I had to fly up to Glasgow every weekend from London for, for a year or two. Anyway, I digress. Sorry about that. Uh, Ange Postacoglu, he's in charge of Celtic, obviously, Um they play Hibs, Hibernian, tomorrow morning in the early hours. So that's the final of the Scottish League Cup. So Ange, um, he could deliver his first piece of silverware uh, to Celtic. Doing well, isn't he? Ange Postacoglu over there. Uh, the cricket, so day four at uh, Adelaide Oval. Um, weather forecast today, and, and we really do have a, a foot on the their throat, don't we, uh, the Poms? We really do. They were all out for 2.36, Um so they, uh, well, they're trailing um, 282 runs. We are ahead. So we will go to the crease at one for 45 and stick around to really good commentary. Jared Waitley and the crew, we have assembled a, a stellar cast of, of commentators uh, ball by ball, but also um, wonderful experience too. Katic in there and Atherton and, and and loads of others as well. We'll resume at one for 45 and uh, Michael Neese is on two. He was a night watchman. That'd be difficult, wouldn't it? Being a night watchman, you're basically you're just being used and abused, aren't you? Ever been used and abused, anyone? Oh, quite a few of you. Good, they're good. Doesn't matter. I'm not the only one. And uh, who else we got out there? Marcus Harris. You got to tip your hat to Marcus Harris. Uh, he'll uh, resume at uh, 21. So he was thrown into the. Uh, the Lions' den, if you like, as well, with Davey Warner. Warner got run out for about 13. Harris is still out there, and he desperately needs the runs. Um, I, I, I see today that he's already basically been given the nod for the Boxing Day test, regardless of his um, well poor figures, to say the least, three and nine at the Gabba, and then, what, three in the first innings as well. Uh, but it's nice to see him get some runs. Uh, but talking about th- thrown in the Lions' den and basically being used and abused... And that's what a night watchman does. It'd be interesting to see what Michael Nisa does today. Like, I don't think they're going to say, you nah, know, stay out there for as long as you can. I think Nisa will have the license just to say, he'll say, Steve Smith will say to Michael, just go and get some cheap quick runs. Boom, boom, boom. I think that's what we'll see. Uh, sacrifice your wicket. Don't care. Just go and get, get us going. Get the get the scoreboard ticking over. And then you'd think that we'd probably, you probably declare um, probably late in the second session, I would have thought um not that i know anything about ashes test cricket but i think that's what will probably um happen uh, so harris um a dream start wasn't it um for him last night under under lights pink ball uh, broad and, and anderson doing all they could uh, but he stayed in there and, and did really really well he is still searching for a test century uh, marcus harris and, you know, they say he needs just one big score to lock himself in um, as Davey Warner's opening partner, uh, not just for, for, you know, Boxing Day, but for the whole five-match series. And that's probably all it takes, a la Travis Head. Um, didn't get amongst the runs in Adelaide so far, but um, what he did in, in Brisbane has certainly locked Travis Head in for the whole series. And if Marcus Harris can put, uh, put some runs on the board, well, no one uh, needs them more than him. We're going to talk some American football uh, next. We'll take a break uh, very, very shortly. A few texts to get through before we get to the quarterback. Um, he has resurfaced, the quarterback. I think he's been out with his, with his tin lids on the BMX uh, course. I hope he hasn't been riding the, um, the mountain bikes. I do hope. Um, this one here, uh, let me go. Wow, amazing day. Amazing, they all keep their jobs at Cricket Australia. The manager, uh, Gavin Dovey, and none of the cast uh, knows what Google um, BO Bomb Radar Adelaide means on Friday night. Uh, 11 overs were rained out. Um, I'm not quite sure I follow that one. Uh, maybe there's a few typos uh in there anyway, but no, the forecast uh, today, yeah, I know they don't get it right often, do they? The bomb, um, they probably get it wrong more often than they get it right, but anyway, uh, max of 22 in Adelaide, morning shower or two, too, 50% chance of rain, uh, so um, starkly uh, Mitchell different to yesterday's temperature, very Mitch uh, contrast there in temperature, and then Monday, max 24, mostly sunny. Uh, 0% chance of rain on on Monday. Uh, Yeah, and we will have cricket on the the fifth day, you you would have thought, wouldn't you? Um, All right, we're going to take a break, I think. Take a break and come back and talk some American football. You're
3: listening to Sports Central on SEN.
1: Yes, indeed. We're in the home straight, too. We'll be handing over to the reins to Jared Waitley and the crew to take you through right throughout the day. Uh, big, big cast down there at uh, at Adelaide Oval. Some high drama, too. Breaking news, too. And, and I, I'm not right across it. There's not a whole lot coming through. There are reports. This is from Peter Layla uh, of News Limited. A member of the visiting media team has tested positive to COVID-19. Um, and people are scrambling to see what this means for, for broadcast and print. So those, uh, all the scribes that are down there and the broadcast crew that have been in contact with with this uh, member of the visiting team's media contingent, Uh, this could spread and uh, keep a watch on that. So that's all I've got for you at the moment. But uh, you might want to dig into the social media and see what the latest is there. And Jared and and others, well, they will bring you up to speed um, after two when I hand over the reins to them. All right, let's go now and talk some uh, American football now. Uh, We do this, uh, well, mostly during the season with the quarterback. Now, week 15 of the NFL is underway. Some games this weekend, we'll see, I think I'm right in saying some teams clinching division titles if they win there is a game on today the colts are at home against the pats what's doing quarterback
6: good afternoon chris oh geez what about this COVID? it's it's wreaking havoc among uh, the nfl as well and what what's going to happen with the ashes
1: well i don't know just watch this space you just got to be agile haven't you and then pivot that's the word yeah. of the year pivot flexible agile yeah, well,
6: pivot pivot so look, there's an upset on the cards. Yes, we've got uh, the the Colts at home to the Pats, uh, Chris. And at the moment, it's a shutout. We're in, we're you know we're into it's 11:49 um, into the third quarter, and the Colts are up 20 mil. And it hasn't been to it hasn't been Carson Wentz's passing game. It's all about Jonathan Taylor's rushing. Uh, he Carson has only thrown three from six. Well, probably that that's probably different to what um, that that's the half mm. record, but they just kept on gouging the pats up the middle. And as we're getting to the business end of the, the season, see everyone's been talking about Mac Jones, how he's, he's the most QB ready. He had the he was playing it, um, you know, they the crimson tide, Alabama, and you know he was going to be probably the best rookie this year, not accounting for next year. But it looks like he's under a bit of pressure when he's not performing. He's getting mm. sacked. Uh, he's been sacked two or three times and. um you know NFL's a big boys game mate and uh, the the Colts are looking good Absolutely. and with this game the 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 Pats could have clinched the AFC East uh if they win and obviously a playoff berth but at the moment the Colts are looking good
1: Okay. We, uh, we're we running a little bit short of time, actually, quarterback. I don't want to jump in and cut All you right. off like I did during the week, but uh, we, I did with Andrew Maloney, actually. Cut him off because we had to go to the news. Baltimore Ravens, uh, they're at home to the Green Bay Packers. What's happening with uh, Lamar Jackson? Well, Lamar might be out,
6: which is huge uh. for any other uh, the opposition. Uh,
1: as we know how
6: dangerous he is as a running, he's almost a running back as well as a quarterback. Uh, so uh, there's a backup quarterback called Tyler Huntley that may be starting um, but the thing is is it's almost like, you know, the the granddaddy Aaron Rodgers, mm. he is like, you know, ten and one against uh quarterbacks that are under twenty five. So, you know, I don't see uh the the Ravens without uh Lamar Jackson getting home on this one. So, mm. you know, with the with the shortened time mate, I'll just say that um mm. I think that the the Packers will get this done, uh, and especially without Without their, their superstar quarterback mm. Lamar
1: Jackson, we'll talk about superstar quarterbacks Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Bucks. They are away to the Saints.
6: They're away, mate. They're away, and the Saints haven't. Oh, what's going on here? Don't know. I don't know. you are you're still there, with mate. me? Sorry, I am still with you. There Thank was, God. I think it must an ad might have came on and on the. I'm watching the game. Uh, on game oh, part Yeah, you watch
1: me. those pop-ups Sorry, Chris, on your screen.
6: Yeah, yeah about that. Um, oh, oh. Just missed, so uh, he went downfield. Matt Jones just went downfield to Agalor, and uh, he got um, he got bustled out. So look, the, the Saints have won three regular season games versus Brady, uh, but um, Brady's never lost four straight games to any single opponent. So I don't think they're going to win. Mm. Um, if you can think about uh, New, Orleans, New Orleans Saints, they lost Drew Brees last year, he and they haven't looked like the same team since. Uh, they don't have the same direction. They promised uh, Taysom Hill a lot of money. Who's the who's the quarterback now? Who's almost you know they they use him. They've used him a lot in the last couple of years, um, and he he's look he's not as good as as Drew. And so I think with Brady being Tom Brady and the Bucks being the Bucks, mm. and New Orleans Saints not having the people that. Um, and uh, not having Drew Brees, I think you know the Bucks will get the job done, mate. All
1: right, mate. And uh, just give me a prediction, if you can. Probably the most important game in terms of uh, playoff probabilities. We are running really short of time. 49ers at home to Falcons. No worries, Who wins that?
6: Niners win. They're, Garoppolo has opened up his passing game. Uh, Falcons are not beating teams that are higher up than them in terms of... Uh, 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 record over the mm. season, so Niners win that.
1: All right. All right, mate, if I don't see you, have a great Christmas, quarterback. Thanks for your contributions to SEN uh, throughout the year. That's a great pleasure. Looking
6: forward to doing it again in the new year. Go we Will
1: do, mate. Will do. There he is, the quarterback. Um, all of those texts, I haven't been able to get to. Uh, Bondi Jack, thanks, mate. I have read yours, and I know exactly what you're talking about, Read the bomb, and uh, Cricket Australia's poor predictions of weather. This one from the Tool Man. Toolman. How bloody stupid having a big bash game on tonight. Um, same time as the Ashes night session. Crazy decision by Cricket Australia from Toolman. Toolman, once again, you and I are on the same page. Who's playing tonight, by the way? I haven't even got it in front of me. See, there you go. Uh, Sorry, Chris. Brisbane against the uh, Melbourne Stars. The Stars. Okay, there you go. Uh, And afternoon again, Chris, listening to JJ Rocker. How good is it to hear of an Aussie revival in boxing? This is from the Big G. Uh, Actually, it's quite impressive how well we're going as a nation in all sports. Let's hope the wave continues next Year. Cheers, Big G. Thank you for your time, mate, and you have a, a great Christmas as well. Alright, that's about all I've got time for. We've got a big, big day of cricket coming your way with Jared Waitley and the crew, and uh, I will join you tomorrow for mornings from 9.